What's up everyone? Welcome back to Off The Chain, the backbone for storytelling across builders, creators, and collectors within Web3. Each episode, we dive into how these technologists use the power of blockchain to build businesses and foster creativity. Today, we've got Shannon Snow, the Chief Operating Officer at World of Women, one of the world's leading NFT brands with over $400 million in trading volume. Today's podcast covers Shannon's journey from Google and Meta to Web3, the importance of building an inclusive future, the diversification of WoW's business opportunities, and their team's philanthropic efforts. Enjoy, everyone. Shannon, what's going on? How are you? So good to see you. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. Happy Friday. Really great to see you as well. You got anything fun planned for the weekend? Sleep. It's everyone's favorite thing to do. I love it. And you're based in Miami now? I am. Nice. And how long have you been there for? I came in in the pandemic. So I was longtime Silicon Valley, spent the majority of my career living in SF, but had moved to New York when I joined Meta and then down to Miami uh, midway through the pandemic. And I'm loving it. I've had a lot of friends that have been down here for a long time. And all of my paddleboarding, beach, pool dreams are coming true, as well as being in, I think, the crypto capital of the world and just a great city for women in crypto. I love that. I've got one other personal question before we dive into it. I was peeping around your website, saw that you enjoyed yoga, hot yoga or not hot yoga? So not hot yoga. I do do yoga 20 minutes every morning. It's my head clearer. And I've been focusing actually on handstands this year. This is my year where I'm really trying to get good at handstands. So if you peek my Instagram, I'm giving updates. So far, my takeaways are progress isn't linear. Like some days I'll have a really long hold, some days no go, you know, and just like life, you know, I think the biggest thing is when you fall down, just do so safely and get back up. That's it. That's a, that's a great rule to live by. So let's dive into a little bit of your background. You had spent the majority of your career at the Fangs, specifically at Meta, aka Facebook, and Google. And at one point at Meta, you were helping entertainment, media, and sports companies move into the Metaverse. What did that specifically entail? Yeah, so... Joined Fangs before they were Fangs, was super lucky to, to grow up at Google and spent 11 and a half years there before moving over and following my favorite boss from Google over to Meta. And loved doing a ton of things there. I worked a lot with scaling startups, helping them go from Series B through exit stage and over investing in their growth. But my final job at Meta before I left was leading the entertainment division. Um, it was a $2 billion a year division, which just for context, you know, Meta at the time was making $100 billion a year. So 150th of all Meta re revenue was running through my teams. And we partnered with everyone from Disney to the NBA to New York Times on their marketing activations with Meta, which could include Instagram. But as Meta pivoted to focusing on the metaverse, it became a lot about how do these companies really go through this digital transformation and show up in a good way in the metaverse. For some that meant, how do I build in VR and create a world that my uh, consumers can find me in? Or how do I take more baby steps and think about if I'm releasing a movie, what are some AR activations that can give the power into the hands of people who are view it and allow them to play around with the IP in a new way? 
Um, so it was an amazing job. Um, I was lucky, you know, we were going through this transition as meta and kind of changing the conversation around the metaverse. Um, I actually got to speak at South by Southwest last year about entertainment and how the metaverse would transform the experience, but then got caught by the Web3 bug and uh, took a different path in my career. When you were working on metaverse activations at Meta, were NFTs coming up and is that where you got your education from or did you get your education on NFTs separately on your own? Well, I thought it was really interesting because working in Silicon Valley primarily for my career, you know, a lot of the technological innovations are driven by the tech that's available. So, you know, it was like desktop era, web one, you know, MOBA era, web two. And then technology was really driving sort of this next phase that I could see, especially at Meta, right? Or it was like VR, AR, AI, you know, what can the tech do? But then, as we mentioned in the beginning, you know, I, I had also moved to Miami, which is such a crypto hub, you know, huge community that are learning and building in crypto and a lot of creation happening there. And I started to hear this really alternate narrative that was much more from the user's perspective of like, what can you do with technology, right? Like web one, I read, web two, I write, web three, I own and I get immersed. And so I could sort of see this juncture where there were different visions of what the future of technology and the next era of technology could bring. And I sort of knew what it would be for me to work more on the metaverse. And I think I'm also doing that at WOW in a lot of ways. But I also wanted to work on something that was mission aligned, that was creator driven, that was driven from the people and this new level of ownership. And so it was awesome to be able to get that glimpse of how those worlds were converging and move into something new and contribute to the conversation in a new way. You know, you spent so much of your career at these things where a lot of people can just say, hey, this is great. I'm going to go there forever. Fast forward a little bit. You start getting into NFTs. You then become a holder of WOW. And then you cold applied for the role of COO via their website and just sent in your resume. What gave you so much conviction in WOW to join versus A, other brands in the space, or even just staying at one of the larger things? I think we all have these grails of NFTs that we want, that we think are gonna define us, that we feel really great about them being our identity. And for me, WOW was it. You know, I was getting into NFTs, I love the creativity, I love collecting, but I felt, you know, once I bought WOW, I felt at peace in terms of this was something that could express my identity, this was something that stood for everything that I stood for, you know, women in technology, creativity, you know, using tech to give back, using tech to innovate. And for me, it was so clear that the history of NFTs are not going to be written without world women. You know, it's this first female PFP to break through to the mainstream. A lot of our holders say, you know, this is really a female crypto punks in terms of its historical significance and that moment in Web3 culture. And so for me, you know, I respect so many different collections and the innovation they bring to the space. But um, I think that in any career, you know, you really aspire to just be the truest version of yourself. You know, it's not really about a job. It's like becoming who you're truly meant to be. And I felt like both as a holder of WoW and using WoW as my identity, but also as someone joining the team, I felt like there was nothing that I could do to spend my time more aligned with what I wanted to put out there from a technology standpoint, what I wanted to put out there from a mission-driven standpoint, 
and a creativity standpoint. So it was a true honor to be able to join the team. That is such a good story. And I'd love to move into more on your role as COO, aka Chief Operating Officer. And something I'd like to do on this podcast is always kind of just set the stage for people, just because you don't necessarily know what people's backgrounds are. And I like to make sure that we're educating people. So from your POV, what is the key role of a COO? So I like to think about it, especially startups in thirds, right? It's probably one third business strategy and operational roles, one third around the people, you know, hiring the right people, recruiting them, leading them, mentoring and growing them. And then one third kind of flexing into wherever your team needs you right now, right? Because especially in startups and Web3, needs are always changing and you want to be able to flex into what you haven't hired yet or what you haven't yet built in the team. So for WOW, you know, obviously the team is incredibly talented. Yam is the number one selling female NFT artist, and she really loves to stay creative. And as a company with her as the CEO, we need her to stay creative and keep innovating. Um, for me, it's about growing WOW on the business side and helping them grow from, you know, an NFT project that everyone loves to a global brand and a thriving business, um, fostering our revenue streams and continue to grow with new opportunities, you know, growing and leading our team. We just had a huge new hire. Our VP of product, Taya, joined us this week um, and just continuing to innovate, right? One of the things that I'm working on right now is the launch of our WOW committee. We wanted new ways to not only build in public, but build with our community. So we just announced and, uh, and showcased the, the, those that won um, uh, a new initiative where we have members from the community embedded in our teams in areas of their expertise across product, across um, foundation, across marketing, um, things that they love to do. And we hope that this will be a way where we can reactivate um, our community, you know, take advantage of the fact that we have some of the best holders in the universe, you know, extremely talented, you know, women, allies and people and give them a new way to kind of just embed in our team and build with us. I'm, I'm loving your answers. I'm sorry. These are so great. And I think anyone who's listening to this is going to get educated on everything. Wow. And educated on everything COO at this point <laughs> on Yuga Labs podcast that they just released called the fucking metaverse. You mentioned that the early days of Google was a lot of improvising and that you feel that creativity of being able to just think on the fly is also great for Web3 because we're writing history right now. There's no playbook. With that being said, at certain points, does not having a playbook frustrate you? And if so, how do you cope with that? Honestly, that piece of it never frustrates me. I think it's an extreme honor to be able to work with your brain and think on the fly and be creative, right? I think about my grandmother, you know, she worked as a line manager in an almond factory for over 40 years and she brought her full self. She was a great manager, you know, people, she was beloved, but you know, it's a repetitive job that you just do over and over again. It's not something where you feel that fulfilled. So even though it can be very challenging, I feel really honored to be in a position where you can leverage your brain um, and, and use your own creativity in business. 
What I will say is that I do think the biggest challenge is just meeting the expectations of leaders in Web3. I think, you know, it is kind of interesting to see the arc of my career has really been, you know, Web1 Google, Web2 Meta, Web3 World of Women, and having the opportunity to work at best-in-class companies, you know, at each stage of the web. Um, but I think that the expectations of leaders become higher with each generation, you know, when I worked at Google, it was like, hey, the expectation is you set clear goals. You set your OKRs, your objectives and key results. You communicate about them clearly. Um, and, and I loved it. You know, when I joined Meta and uh, got into Web2, it was like you had to have goal alignment, but you also had to have complete authenticity. If I wasn't sharing everything that I was doing on the weekend on Instagram, if I wasn't sharing my full pain of what I was dealing with in my personal life, I had no authenticity with my team. I had no credibility with my team. And that was the expectation. Um, and then in Web3, it's even more, right? Because it's not just goals. It's not that not just authenticity. It's on top of that transparency, right? Um, people want a level of transparency in terms of finances. They want a tra transparency of what you're doing every day. They want you to build in public. And I think it's a really high bar to meet. But I think that everything that I've been doing in my career is getting, you know, deeper, more open, more authentic, and more transparent. So while it's a tough journey, I think that it's also one that's really worth going on. I was going to ask you actually about the tweet that you put out this morning about the roles of a leader and the differences between what you wrote, Web 1, Web 2, and Web 3. And the way that you just broke it down was absolutely amazing. So thank you for sharing that. That leads us into another really interesting point. So when I look at what was accomplished for the brand in 2022, it was incredibly remarkable. So you launched Wow Galaxy, which is blockchain enabled. You've got partnerships with Billboard and Hasbro IP. You've got galas, events, community meetups, Hello Sunshine deal, movies, TV shows. You've got merch and you've got philanthropy. As we're now into 2023, in what ways do you think World of Women's organization can take all of these activities and operate more efficiently and effectively? And really what I'm trying to get at is how do you make sure that you don't spread the team too thin? Yeah, I mean, you just demonstrated exactly what I feel every day, right? Um, WOW has been very famous. We released a star map. And if you actually go back and look at it, a lot has been accomplished. You know, all these different partnerships, different things in the metaverse, you know, getting WOW avatars in the sandbox. But I think you look at it, you're like, this is a lot, right? And it's sort of the question that we've gotten really often is, is WOW doing too much? And I think what's really clear is that we need to do the best we can to take the areas that we can win and really focus. And so for us, we have been talking to holders and what's really clear is that everyone who buys WOW is all in on the mission of building an inclusive future. Um, everyone who buys WOW is proud to be in a network with holders like Reese Witherspoon, Eva Longoria, Shonda Rhimes, Sky Osiri. And, and we have been leading in IP. We have the most permissive IP rights and we're really focused on increasing value for our holders by leveraging the really strong brand that WOW has to sign deals that are game changing in the market. Some of those that you've mentioned, you know, Hasbro, Jazzwares, uh, Hello Sunshine, you know, these are deals that as they continue to roll out are going to take NFTs from a niche space 
to a much broader audience. And we're focusing on signing deals across every single category that will basically take World of Women from, you know, absolutely will remain an NFT, but it will bring it to new audiences that will see WOW on physical products, will fall in love with the mission and the art and make the underlying IP that our holders have even more valuable because it's that more, that much more recognizable. What is super interesting is a lot of these things take so much time, right? There's deals that we've been working on since before I started at WOW that we're signing and the products won't roll out until 2024, right? So managing the expectations that our holders have of flashy activations that drive the market now versus things that prefer that um, elevate WOW status as iconic IP and historic art that absolutely will be known mass market can be really difficult. But for us, it's about staying focused there so that we can bring value to the holders, bring value to WOW's legacy, build a sustainable business um, and rock on with everyone that's on the journey with us. Yeah, I, I'm sure it's interesting. And I, I chat with a lot of project founders where you know we're now seeing this road of when PFP projects first came out, it was almost like every single thing that was meant to be done was to drive the floor price up. But now what you're seeing mm -hmm. is we want to create these sustainable businesses and we want to launch different licensing deals and IP deals. And that may not necessarily increase the floor price. And so I'm sure it's very difficult to be in that position where it's like, how do you have these two parallel lines going together where it's like we want to grow the brand. And at the same time, you have your holders who are saying we want things that increase the floor price. I think what's beautiful about the WoW community is it does seem like compared to other communities out there, they are more open to seeing what your team can experiment with and not looking for a gain every single day or every single week. And I think that's a testament to what you and your team has built and the community that you've allowed into the ecosystem. It's a really healthy pressure, right? I mean, it's not that different from managing a public company and a stock, right? You want to always be investing in the long-term vision and investing in things that are not just the quarterly revenue um, because that's what grows the value of the company. I think Google did it well. You know, they said to in their statement when they went public, you know, we're not a traditional company. We don't intend to become one. We're always going to invest in things, you know, that ended up paying off for them, like, you know, long-term bets on AI that I'm sure will keep them succeeding, you know, kind of long into the future. But at the end of the day, you know, you do need to build a sustainable business. You need to, to, to generate revenue. And so I think, you know, while we're in this very early stage, it's wild to think that WOW is only a year and a half, you know, into our journey. You know, we do have that that really interesting pressure where we're focusing on the long term because we want WOW to deliver on its history, on the fact that its IP is so beautiful. And we know that it is on a path to being a global brand um, if we continue to invest there. But at the same time, you know, we are always exploring opportunities to make it a sustainable business, do partnerships that we think are going to reflect in, you know, kind of um, the floor and um, do activations that bring value to holders, right? Um, we are launching Art Fest next week, um, which is a reimagining of something that we have a long history of doing, of supporting artists, of leveraging WOW's brand to elevate up and coming artists. But this is an opportunity for our holders to claim art um, that will go into their collection that has been 
handpicked and created uh, by amazing artists alongside um, inspiration with Yam and uh, give the opportunity to get deeper into the world of women lore while also collecting new art that will hopefully you know be one piece of the story of uh, bringing value back to holders that's so exciting and this podcast will actually be releasing next week which is going to be the week that everybody is listening to this and so very good timing with this podcast and with art fest coming out so very excited about that i'd love to dive a little bit more into resources so a little bit earlier, we spoke about human resources and the amount of time and energy that is going into all of the different projects that are going on within the WOW ecosystem. On the other hand, you've got financial resources. So of course, your team has done a great job of generating revenue through primary sales, secondary sales. I'm sure you've generated a lot of money through these IP deals, which is great. With that being said, I was doing a bunch of research and from my understanding, WOW has not done a formal round of fundraising from venture capitalists similar to the likes of VFriends and Yuga and Doodles. Was that intentional and is there anything that you can share about that? Well, it is very interesting. I can't share everything, but what I will say is that when you look at the top NFT projects, there's a couple things that stand out and people tell me this all the time, especially around WoW Gala. You know, we started to get a lot of DMs from VCs, a lot of cold outreach from companies that just saw how diverse and incredible and passionate our community was. Um, and they realized that, you know, of the top NFT projects, you know, while it's one, you know, the only one that is, you know, creator and woman led in YAM um, and the only one of, you know, kind of the top 10, 15 that has not accepted VC funding, which is pretty interesting, especially given where the VC market is at, right? We see that only 2% of VC dollars go to women founded companies. And it is something that I've been really passionate about addressing, you know, at various points in my career, I've been focused on angel investing and making sure that we are giving those opportunities to women. I will say that, you know, it's not off the table that WOW could uh, raise funds, but I think what the last period of not needing to do that has done for us is able to focus on our holders and their needs. I think one of the fears that holders have is if you take VC funds that, you know, you have new stakeholders, right? But I think what could be an opportunity is to supercharge some of our bets and give resources to continue to grow the scope that everyone knows about can. So stay tuned. Thank you for that. Let's dive a little bit more into World of Women in terms of the internal team structure. Since the bear market, how has the internal team's attention shifted? Focus, right? We're focusing on areas that we know we can win. With our foundation, it's onboarding the next generation of women to Web3 and the metaverse. With, its, with IP, it's growing our footprint into mass market by signing deals with iconic partners. With our community, it's giving them the tools, the relationships, the network to thrive. And it's celebrating art. Um, we're artist led, we are art from our core, and we want to continue to invest in initiative like Art Fest that allow our community to celebrate art together. 
because uh, NFT communities are supposed to be fun and we don't want to lose heart, even in this bear market of, you know, the joy of being in a community that connects with the passion of mission alignment. We do know that in the bear market, you know, our community wants to focus on value. And for us, that's meant continuing to drive home the deals that we've been developing over the last year, whether it's Monopoly, whether it's collabing with House of Harlow, Nicole Ritchie's fashion brand. We recently just uh, had a quest to allow our holders to claim ledgers by completing an educational uh, activity. And we'll continue to seek ways that we deliver value by raising the value um, of people's IP, as well as give them new ways to take home value as a holder of WOW. You already have a bunch of great partnerships that we already discussed, at least high level. When you're chatting with these Web2 companies that you're interested in partnering with, is there a lot of education that you're doing to let them know sort of who you are and why you think that they should partner with you? Or is it mostly brands who are coming to you and saying, holy shit, like we've heard about what your team is doing and like you don't need to educate us. We just want to find the right way to partner. It's both. There's a lot of interest in WOW, and I would say that it is really maintained throughout the bear market. I think what the bear market did was showcase to brands that, hey, they need to get into Web3 and they need to go where the consumers are going, but they also want to do it with companies that are safe, that have a great reputation. And WOW is lucky in the sense that, you know, we have a really strong track record of philanthropy giving $2 million to causes for women, girls, and climate. We've been supporting artists from the start. We've partnered with over 600 artists in our short duration. And so I think that brands are still very much interested in partnering with WOW because they want to make sure that they're doing, you know, activations that are brand safe. So a lot of times we get outreach, you know, and people within these companies love WOW. But especially for these big brands, not everyone in the organization is that familiar. So typically how it will work will be there will be, you know, the Web3, uh, you know, Maxi or, you know, someone in the company who is very senior that's a WOW holder that will open the door and get the conversation started. But, you know, there might be a broader team that needs to know about it. And then we'll kind of do the education of, you know, maybe like what are NFTs, you know, what is the collection? Because especially for some of the larger and more iconic brands, you know, they may have divisions that are very Web3 savvy, but in order to do a successful partnership, you need to get everybody on board. That's really interesting. And I appreciate you sharing that. I've got two more questions for you. Number one is you mentioned ArtFest before, and we kind of brushed over it a little bit, but I know it's very important for WOW. Can you tell us a little bit more about what ArtFest is, just so when everybody is listening to this, they have an understanding of what's going on this week in the world of women? Absolutely. So celebrating art together is something that has been core to WOW. And we wanted to think about new ways that our community could come together and celebrate. One of the inspirations is the fact that WOW is very much focused on our lore, our galaxy. People always want to know a little bit more about the galaxy of women, the planets they come from, and more about the personalities um, on each planet. And so we also wanted to give away for our community to celebrate together. You know, we are a global community. We have about 50% US holders, 50% global. And even though we throw iconic events like Madonna at NFT NYC or our WOW Gala at Art Basel, 
there's only certain people that are able to do that. And we wanted to do something that is global that allows our full community to come and celebrate together. So this is a festival that is kicking off its quarterly and it's synced to the full moon. So every full moon, um, every, actually uh, quarterly at one of the full moons, there's basically a festival where we open up. Um, we have art that for holders is free to claim every day. Um, the art has been created and curated um, by artists that we respect and in collaboration with Yam, inspired by the galaxy of women and the planets. Um, and it's really an opportunity for us to, you know, gain valuable art, celebrate art together, um, and have a little bit of fun. Thank you for that. I've got my last question for you that's a little bit more macro in terms of the Web3 space. So with the market cooled down, and outside of your philanthropic efforts, which your team is doing a ton to single-handedly bring in new people into the Web3 space, which is amazing, how do you think the broader Web3 ecosystem can continue to get new people to understand and adopt the tech? Do you think it's through the art side of NFTs? Is it through brands entering into the space? Is it through these new loyalty programs coming up? Like what's going to really crack that nut that's going to get more people into the space? Well, I would be remiss not to mention our foundation efforts because we do believe that we want to put our thumb on the scale in terms of getting new people to enter Web3 and NFTs. We have a program called Let's Mint that basically helps girls, women, anyone who wants to join, um, take their natural interest in art and turn that into knowledge about how to mint their NFT, hopefully create an NFT. And so we are running weekly sessions um, to help anyone who is interested in doing that. And I think more broadly, the reason why that program, you know, has so far received great feedback and, you know, we are looking to scale it globally over the next year is, you know, people want to do things that are fun and that help express themselves. And, you know, when I see, you know, my nephews, you know, they have a natural interest in video games, right? And I can see a path for them where, you know, they play games, maybe they'll want to design games, maybe they'll want to go into tech. I think for blockchain, you know, NFTs have been such a door opener because people love and get inspired by art. And if we can take that natural inspiration that people feel of like, hey, I want to collect this art, but let me also learn about the technology behind this and then use that as a door into blockchain and this next era of technology, I'm here for it. The other thing that I love is, you know, we've been living in this age of creators, right? Everyone is a creator now. Everyone spends time, you know, <laughs> if you live in this world, you know, you're probably doing a little bit of time, you know, creating on social media. But what we've found is people have not been properly um, incentivized. You know, a lot of time we put a lot of time in, but we don't necessarily get you know, monetary value out. And so I also think it's a great next act for anyone who has been devoting time to become a creator. You know, they have an opportunity to start creating NFTs and um, better, you know, allow their audience to purchase, you know, some of the, um, the things that they are creating. So I look forward to this future where art can be a gateway, where supporting creators we love can be a gateway and ultimately it creates just a more conclusive world in this next gen of tech. Shannon, this was so much fun. Thank you for taking the time. I really appreciated all the insightful answers and I'm rooting for you. I'm rooting for WOW and have a great weekend and thank you so much. This was really a fun time. 
Oh, thank you so much for this opportunity. It was such a joy. And let's catch up again sometime. Of course. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. That's it, everyone. Hope you enjoyed. Hit that subscribe button and we'll see you next time.